Good afternoon, everybody. This is Made in EDH, and this is our part two of Strixhaven Commander Song. And I'm Chris. And this is Kayla. So today we are finishing our command deck review thing that we're doing. And we're leaving it off with some more happier decks that I think we felt about. And <laughs> definitely the Prismari deck, I think. Yeah. And today we're starting off with the Silver Quill Statement, which is black and white, for those who don't know the Silver Quill thing. So for number one, what do you got there, Kayla? Um, well, this is probably no surprise, but I got the commander, uh, Brina. Brina? Um, Mm-hmm. So it is a three cost, one uh one white and one black. It's a one three with flying. Whenever a player attacks one of your opponents, if that opponent has more life than another of your opponents, that attacking player draws a card and you put two plus one plus one counters on a creature you control. You know, at first this card seems kind of eh, but what they don't tell you is it has that fun little clause on there that says whenever a player attacks one of your opponents. So it doesn't even have to be you. Nope. So the card draw has to be you attacking. Yeah. But if other people are attacking high elf opponents, you get to throw 1-1 one, one counters around and make your board really big. Mm-hmm. I think that's a solid card. I do too, and it kind of um, rewards, well, like, it definitely rewards people not attacking you. It um, sure does. It kind of makes it's... people... Yeah. Perfect. Well, and also, I don't know if like people would necessarily want to get rid of this card if it's on the board because, hey, draw power. Yeah, but if it's the only creature on your board and it's your commander, it's only getting bigger and bigger and bigger and commander yeah, damage that's is true. a threat. Yeah, so I guess that's a good point. It's put two plus one plus one on a creature you control, not on another creature, so you can just boost that card and get it real huge real quick. So if you go one turn cycle, and every opponent with the highest life total is attacked, you've put six long encounters on Brina. Mm. Now, hopefully your opponents have gotten rid of it at that point. But yeah. if they haven't, you guys are in for a fun game. <laughs> All right. What do you have for? I have to agree. I really like Brina mm -hmm. because we really needed a group hug 
in uh, black white. Yeah, black white. I feel like that's something that doesn't see that. Yeah, definitely. It's a little more uncommon. Yay, we get black into our group hug finally. (laughs) Yeah, I would agree. I love Brina. Ever since I saw her revealed, I was like, ooh, I like it. What was your. Yeah. What was your second? Uh, pick. Um, I have to go with the second commander in the deck because I thought it was really spicy. Did you Ooh. see her? Uh, is that Felisa? Yes, Felisa. That's my Same second of pick. Silver Quill. <laughs> yep, we had the same card. So, <laughs> uh, she is two colorless, a white, and a black, flying mentor. Now, mentor hasn't been seen since uh, the new Ravnica set. Of uh, what were the newest ones? Allegiance and uh, it was the one before Allegiance. I cannot remember its name off the top of my head. Oh, it's Guilds of Ravnica. Guilds, yeah, yeah, Guilds. <laughs> it was a Boros mechanic, actually. And now that um, yeah, Boros up is a getting good point. it. Yeah, it's a little t- weird, isn't it? It's typical. Yeah, typically is Boros thing. And her mentor leads so well into her second ability. Yeah. I think it's good. Um, I also forgot to mention she's a legendary creature vampire wizard. Yeah. Um, And her second ability that Kayla was talking about is whenever a non-token creature you control dies, if it had a... if it had counters on it, Create X tapped two one white and black inkling creature tokens with flying. X is the number of counters it had on it. So and it's a three. You could two. even you could even throw um oh god, what's that moth card that brings things back with flying counters? Um yeah, luminous brood moth. You could bring that into the deck. Um well, no, because I guess the counters get put on it when they're tokens, so that wouldn't necessarily work. Well, the to- it wouldn't, yeah, it wouldn't affect tokens very much because it's a non-token creature. Can you control dies? Yeah, but but it's any token... it's any type of counter, so that's where yeah my mind was going. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about a really cool synergy card with her. That's mm-hmm. a pretty big bomb for her. What's that? Which is, if you have a big enough board presence, and then you black sun zenith. Oh, god. So, like, if you do it for five, and you kill your entire board, you get five to one inklings for a creature you... Yeah, because black sun zenith is the negative one counter. <laughs> It's X and uh, double black, I believe. Sorcery. Yep. Um, you put X minus one, minus one counters on each creature. So not only are you nuking the board of creatures, you're getting a giant army out of it. Mm-hmm. So I think she's a pretty cool solid card. Yeah, there's a lot of combos you can... Definitely build around her. <laughs> well, our number one and two have been the same. What's your number yep. three? 
Um, let me pull up my list. So, this one might be different. I had the combat calligrapher, which is three colorless, one white, three three bird cleric, flying, and inklings can't attack you or planeswalkers you control. Whenever a player attacks one of your opponents, that attacking player creates a tapped 2-1 white and black inkling creature token with flying that's attacking that opponent. So, again with this card, it's going to reward your opponent to kind of focus on each other. It's kind of giving this um, kind of attack everyone but me. Yeah. Which is a really solid play style because while your opponents are attacking each other, you're just building your board, which could get out of hand pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. And this is a very big encouragement, too. Because mm-hmm. if they swing at two different opponents, they get two inklings. Oh yeah, that's that's a good point. So they're building their board pretty quickly too. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Had You're a good. dry throat there a little bit. <laughs> What'd you have as your number three? Um my number three has to go for the thing I want for Marcel. Because of course. Which is Fane the Broker. Two colorless and a black. Legendary creature. Human warlock. Now he's got four activated abilities. First one. Tap him. Sacrifice a creature. Put two one one counters on target creature. Second one. Remove a counter from a creature you control. And create a treasure token. Third one. Sacrifice an artifact. Create a 2-1 white-black inkling creature token with flying. And number four. Pay three colors. One black. Untap. Fane the Broker. And he's a 3 Yeah. This guy just has a lot of options going on. Yeah, he kind of has like that, uh, What's that market card? You know what I'm talking about. Uh, I don't think There's so, There's an actually. artifact market that does a ton of things <clears throat> that kind of like that the go one with into the each goat? other. Yeah. It's like a goat token. Oh, is token? it? Uh, <laughs> what is it? Man. Give me a sec. I gotta find this out. Interesting. Um... Trading post? Sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, trading post. 
Yeah, it's so, basically like that, but on a creature. Fane was on my list, too. Was he? <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess we know what number four is, huh? Yeah, I like Fane. I like his different options yeah. that he can do. There's oh. a lot of combos you could do with that. Oh, yeah. Which is cool. Mm-hmm. Like, Ozolith with Fane? Oh. Oh, man. <laughs> you can just get tons of counters. Yeah, this deck needs the Ozolith. Sure does. Ugh. That's like a bulker now, I think, too. Oh. I, I just am thinking about this deck with the Ozolith, and I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Nastiness. I guess I need to showcase another one since I shared one with you. Yep. <laughs> mm. Let's see here see if I can pick something that you didn't pick. Do, do, do. Okay. Let's see if you have this one. Scholarship sponsor. Is that on your I list? Don't. Nope. Okay. So this will be my number four. And it's uh, three colors, one white, creature, human advisor, 3-3. Three, three. And it has this enter the battlefield effect. When scholarship sponsor enters the battlefield, each player who controls fewer lands than the player who controls the most lands searches their library for a number of basic lands less than or equal to the difference and puts those cards onto the battlefield tent. Then shuffles. Okay, I'm going to be honest with you. When I see this type of wall of text, my brain immediately melts. <laughs> Do you want me to summarize it real quick? Because <laughs> oh, that was yeah. a lot. <laughs> okay. So here's it in a nutshell. Okay, this boy comes into play. One of your opponents is ramping super hard. They have like 10 lands in play, right? Gross. We've all seen it. It happened. So, when this guy comes into play, he says, Hey, who doesn't have 10 lands? It looks at everybody, <laughs> and then you all search for basics up to that amount. Oh, damn. So, more group it's hug. It's super group hug, and it's big mana ramp. Mm-hmm. It really levels the playing field for everybody again. Yeah, and it's really good for white to get this. Because they do oh. suffer from yeah. not being able to ramp really well. Uh, then there's also the whole the issue of they have to be above you in lands, mm -hmm. but that's not that hard. Especially if you got a green opponent. Yeah. And just imagine that, like, you have one land and, like, three rocks. 
then you're ramping like harder than the ramp player. Good God. <laughs> In white. Clap, clap, clap. That's what we want. <laughs> That's the card you were mentioning earlier, isn't it? Um, the scholarship sponsor? Yeah. Um, or, or is there a different so. ramp card? Um, no, this was a, um, those, this was one of the bigger ramp cards that I was really happy about. Just, White just got a really good deal in this commander set. Between this and the ones in the Boros deck, really solid. There's one other, and there's actually two in here. Um, one of them's worth mentioning, but the other one, not really. Mm. Um, the other one's Knight of the White Orchid. It's a reprint that's been reprinted oh. like so many times. Yeah. But it's really good. One's fair, especially it, for a two drop, two two first strike as well. Yeah. Solid stats. And it does have the stipulation <laughs> that your opponent has to have more lands. But mm. it says you can search your deck for a planes card. Does not have to be basic. So you can yeah. search out a Triome, a Shock, any of those dual types. And then um, you can put it straight onto the battlefield if an opponent controls more lands than you. And then the other one that's not really worth worth mentioning, but it is white ramp, is a Boreos Charger. Mm. And it has to leave the battlefield. And your opponent has to have more lands than you. And um, it kind of yeah. does what the other one was doing, where you grab a bunch of lands and the difference between you and the high-ramping player. But you only put one of them into play tapped, and the rest mm -hmm. into your hand. But it's only when this leaves. So it has to die. And that's very, it's very situational. I mean, there's self-sack, but I don't want to be, have to be sacking something with a sack outlet to land ramp. Yeah. And for three mana, too. It's not Oof. great. But um, yeah, um, that was my number four. What's yours? I... Okay, so this card I think is really hilarious, like especially the flavor. Um, I had bold plagiarist, so it's three colorless, one black. It's a two-two vampire rogue with flash, and whenever an opponent puts one or more counters on a creature they control, they put the same number and kind of counters on bold plagiarist. That's an interesting card. What do you feel about that? 
Um, I just think it's hilarious. Uh, so your opponent is building some huge creature with counters, and giving it all sorts of scary counters, and this is your answer, like, mm, I want one too. You know what's interesting? Hmm. Think about the fractals in that Simic deck. The Prisma, yeah. um, not Prismario, the Quadrix deck. So this is this a really vampire... strong counter against them. <laughs> yeah, because your vampire would be stronger because it's got a base stat of two two. Yeah, I think it's really neat, especially mm-hmm. if someone's got like the Luminous Brood Moth, like you were saying earlier. Yeah. Then it gets those flying counters. The only thing that I could see that could potentially be a problem is if um, somebody's doing like minus one, minus one things like uh, Hippotra mm-hmm. could be potentially dangerous to this card. But otherwise, I think this is a really solid card. I like it. Yeah, I think it's great. What did Especially you have for number five? Too. Yeah, Flash is good. Uh, number five. Uh, I have to go with the Reprint because it's noted to be mentioned here, and that's Deathbringer Liege. It's two colorless hybrid, white black. White, black, white, black. Horror, three, four. Other white creatures you control, get plus one, plus one. Other black creatures you control, get plus one, plus one. And whenever you cast a white spell, you may tap target creature. And whenever you cast a black spell, you may destroy target creature if it's tapped. God, those Liege cards are so good. That was um, Shadowmoor when they first showed up, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, because this was the um, this was the uh, what we call the uh, enemy colors. Yeah, that and this is one of the set. better ones. Yeah, I think this is like the second reprint Deathbringer Leash has ever seen. It's got some and... scary artwork, too. Yeah, it is. Freaking me out. Yeah, it's it's a great card. For a, um, for a dual-color deck, it's, it's going to do work. And it's not something your opponents can ignore, either. Yeah. So, that was my number five. What about yours? Um, I'm going with another Flash card. So, I had Selfless Squire. It's three colorless, one white. It's a 1-1 one, one human soldier with Flash. When it enters the battlefield, prevents all damage that would be dealt this turn. 
whenever damage that would be dealt to you is prevented, put that many plus one plus one counters on selfless squire. So I'm swinging in for lethal. Yeah, rather than blocking, I'll take it. <laughs> and then you got this big old one one human soldier that can swing the next turn because it has flash. Yep. And so it gets at least as big as whatever is swinging in on it. And if you got multiple creatures swinging in, it can get pretty huge. <laughs> oh yeah. Pretty big. And it's four mana, which is not horribly expensive. No, especially a later game. Yeah. All right, so, should we move on to number six? Yes, I think so. What'd you have? And on, for the note that you were just mentioning, I think I'm going to do something similar with Ooh. a card called Ink Shield. It's three colorless, a white and a black, for an instant. Prevent all combat damage that would be dealt to you this turn. And for each damage prevented this way, create a 2-1 white and black inkling creature token with flying. Ugh. It's kind of along the same bases, except you get a huge army. It's the same as the card you just mentioned. Man, I... Uh, I feel like going up against this deck is going to be pretty annoying. It's just like, oh yeah, I'm swinging in. And then the yeah. Silver Quill deck is just like, haha, you're not. Cool, I want an army. <laughs> it, it really punishes anybody attacking um, Silver Quill. Yeah. And if you think about it with how their commander is, they want you to go attack other people. Mm-hmm. So it's it's pretty fits on theme. Punish people for attacking you. <sighs> <laughs> How about you? What's your number six? Um, let's see. I got Niles Discipline Enforcer. He is a two colorless, one white, two two legendary human cleric. At the beginning of your end step, for each player, put a plus one plus one counter on up to one target creature that player controls. Each creature with more than one or sorry, each creature <laughs> with one or more counters on it can't attack you or planeswalkers you control unless they pay X where X is the number of counters on that creature. So again, it's just uh punishing people for trying to attack you but it's also rewarding players at the same time so i thought that was an interesting kind of combination there yeah and um if you think about like the johnny pride mates get really big at times oh god they can't attack you you just had to bring in the johnny's pride mate huh yeah i mean it's a trademark 
it's like a pretty Ugh. big one one counter thing out there. That's not primordial hydra. Yeah. And I'm just having war flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, with Nils, it'd be kind of interesting if you like pulled him out and built a like mono white proliferate deck. So oh, you're just throwing counters on everything at all times. <laughs> and doubling it up. That would be an interesting deck. Yeah. So we're on to seven then after that? I believe so, yeah. Alright. Let's see if this is on your list. Keen Duelist. Um, it is not. It's a colorless, a black, creature, human, wizard, 2-2. Two, two. It's a wall of text, Kayla. Oh, God. <laughs> I suppose. At the beginning of your upkeep. You and target opponent each reveal the top card of your library. And then you each lose life equal to the MV of the card revealed this way by the other player. And then you put the card you revealed into your hand. Oh, you want that's... a breakdown? I got that one. That one is dangerous, though. It's kind of uh, just flavorfully reminding me of Divine Gambit. It's so risky. I, I don't like that kind of risk. It's also kind of like Dark Confident. Yeah. But you're doing it with your opponent. So if you flip an Eldrazi, and your opponent flips a (laughs) one-drop, not only do they now know you have an Eldrazi, they're also taking Mm -hmm. that huge mana value to the face. Yep. Well, you both are. No. um, So... Basically, uh, let me put this in a rundown. Let's say you had Desolation Twin on top. Oh, I you was each playing lose King life. Duelist. Yeah, so, like, okay, sorry. I read that wrong. Oh, it's all good. Yeah, but the risk, too, is what if they had an Eldrazi? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't like that risk. It's definitely a big risky card, but it, um, it is free card draw. Yeah. I also don't like how it's uh, not a May ability, though. I don't know, I'm like hating on this card. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) It's all good. It's interesting, I do have to agree, though. Its drawback is pretty significant. I feel like you'd want to do it to a deck that you know is an instant or sorcerer deck, because you know they're not going to have huge bombs, generally. Yeah. I mean, it definitely has its place. I think it's uh, circumstantial. I think it would be cool if you could put this in, like, a Fate Steel deck. Mm. That's an old mechanic. Um, that lets you look at the top card of your opponent's library 
and oh, it's like yeah. enemy scry. And then you could kind of control that a little bit more with Keen Duelist. Mm-hmm. That might be cool. Or like on the flip side, if there if you have cards that you can look at your library, like Scry, there's plenty of Scry, and you know, oh shit, I've got a huge bomb coming up. Yeah. Or you could always do things like uh, brainstorm and make them lose that life. <laughs> Look at us talking about <coughs> blue. Ugh. <laughs> um, for my number seven, I had um, cunning rhetoric. It's two and one black. It's an enchantment. Whenever an opponent attacks you and or one or more planeswalkers you control, exile the top card of that player's library. You may play that card for as long as it remains exiled, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast it. I could not believe that was a three drop. It kind of takes me back to Thief of Sanity. <laughs> God. Except. This is if an opponent attacks you. Yep. So more so it's punishment. It's a lot easier to get triggered. <laughs> yeah. And the best part, Cunning Rhetoric doesn't have to stay in play for you to cast the spell. Because of that line of text that um it has at the end there. You may play that card for as long as it remains exiled. Yep. Ugh. So that means if Cunning <laughs> Rhetoric leaves, you can still cast those spells. Yeah, that's all. I hate it. <laughs> this is definitely one of those cards that's getting target removed ASAP. <laughs> this is one of those um. It's this is freaking a three grip mana. Magnet. Yeah. Which is good, because it's like, you're not really you... wanting to play this later on, because mm -hmm. uh, if someone's swinging lethal on you, and you don't hit an instant off of the person who's swinging at you, and you don't have a response, this doesn't do anything for you. Yeah. This is definitely a lot better earlier on. Oh, good thing it's three mana. Oh, yeah. It, it fits its place really well. Mm -hmm. And it eats removal, so you can get your bigger bombs out later without having them worrying about removal. Mm. I think that was a really good card, too. So we're on to number eight. What you got? Um... I think I'm going to have to hit for another reprint they did. And that's, um, I, uh, I might butcher the name here. Debtors Neil. Mm -hmm. Uh, four colorless white, black, white, black, white, black. 
enchantment at the beginning of your upkeep, put target creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. God. I remember this card. What set was this originally? Because that was um, a great set. I believe it was Guild Pact. Like, the original Ravnica block. Yep. With the haunt mechanic of Orzov. And this is a really good card. Because it says a graveyard. Which means you can go and steal things out of other people's graveyards as well. How do you feel about it? I think... uh, I mean, it's a great card. I think the drawback, obviously, is cost. But... Late game, you'll be getting potentially pretty big things out of people's graveyards, so... Yeah, and we know um, one of them's filling up a graveyard in this gameplay. (laughs) Because we've got that artifact deck that wants to put tons of artifacts in there. Yeah. So I'm watching you, Silver Quill. (laughs) How about you? You said this was eight, right? Yep. Um, I had Promise of Loyalty, which is a sorcery. It's four and one white. Each player puts a vow counter on a creature they control and sacrifices the rest. Each of those creatures can't attack you or planeswalkers you control for as long as it has a vow counter on it. Man, did they have to give this to White? Because <laughs> you know what I think of when I see this? Huh. So if I have Solemnity in play, not Solemnity, um, gosh, uh, uh, there's, I'm trying to remember. Oh, Vorniclex. Let's put Vorniclex, oh. the new Vorni. Jeez. Your opponent's creatures can't get vows. So they have to sack all their creatures. God. You know, this might not be great up against um, the Witherbloom deck, though. Just giving your Witherbloom opponent a sack outlet. That could be nasty. Yeah. As far as a board wipe, though, I think it's pretty tame. Yeah. What'd you have? For my number eight? Or is this nine? I think this is Uh, nine for me. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think this is oh. nine because I had um, Fane. We had some of the same cards, so. Yeah. That's true. 
So I think I'm going to have to go with something similar to your cunning rhetoric, which is author of shadows. He's four um, colorless mana, one black creature, shade warlock, three, three. When author of shadows enters the battlefield, exile all cards from all opponents' graveyards. Mm. Choose a non-land <clears throat> non-land card. Exile this way. You may cast that card for as long as it remains exiled, and you may spend mana as though it were any color to cast the spell. Oh, God. <laughs> it's super bajuka bog. Yeah. And then I take the With best spell. A little and bit cast of extra. <laughs> I like that he's a shade warlock. That's badass. Yeah, this is a big graveyard hate card. <sighs> and it doesn't even exile your graveyard either, it hits all opponents. Yeah. There's a lot of graveyard hate in here. There's just a lot of hate in here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's not the is it deck. Yeah. <laughs> um are we on to our last cards. Uh what's what's your number nine? Or was that a shared? Yeah, that so one of mine was shared was the Okay. Um, yeah, then I guess we're on the last ones then. Um, I had something actually pretty vanilla in terms of the rest of this deck. So I chose Sunscorch Regent. That's three and two white, four, three dragon with flying. Whenever an opponent casts a spell, put a plus one plus one counter on Sunscorch Regent, and you gain one life. I love that card. Yeah. Goes so well with this deck, too. Yeah, it really fits with that, like, one counter theme they're going with. Mm-hmm. And the life gain is always really good. Yep. And that's a good old reprint, too. Believe... That one was Dragon's Dark here, originally. Oh, I thought it was older for some reason. It was either Dragon's or um, Fate Reforged. But I'm pretty sure it's Dragon's Dark here. What do you have as your number nine? My uh, number, number 10? I will have to give it to a reprint land. Oh, land. Uh, Mikuro, Center of the Sea. I I'm probably butchering the name horribly. <laughs> You're good. Um, I it's a Kamigawa card, land. too. That's so good. Legendary land. Taps for a colorless. Tap two. Colorless. Tap. Each player draws a card. 
Now, with Commander, how it is playing political always usually makes people look away from you. And a promising card draw like this is a good tool. Yep. <laughs> Especially in a group hog deck. So overall, how'd you feel about it? Um, I thought it was a really buff version of Orzhov. <laughs> so you have your token generators, but also your plus one plus one counter shenanigans. And I think this deck is pretty nasty. You know, I forgot to mention a card, and I think you, I don't know if you saw it either. But it's a ramp card that we both missed out on. What's that? Uh, there's a card called uh, um, Tempting Contract. I apologize. I'm a little parched right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tempting Contract. It's four colorless. It's an artifact. At the beginning of your upkeep, each opponent may create a treasure token. For oh. each opponent who does, you create a treasure token. I love how this is at the beginning of your upkeep, so you get to use that mana right away. Yeah. But now we're giving blue players mana for yeah. interactions thought about that <laughs> it's cool but like in most situations it's kind of bad but if you are playing this um i don't know in white or green with parallel lives anointed procession your opponents are probably less likely to give you these treasures mm -hmm. i think it's very situational ramp um yeah. it didn't fit my list because it's so situational that it's not good. Because all it takes is your opponents to all say no, and now you have a forward drop that's not doing anything. <laughs> but it was something worth mentioning. Yeah. Maybe Fane sacks it to create an inkling because it's more useful. That's a good point. <laughs> All right. I guess we saved the best for last, right? Yep. I love this one. So overall, um, based on like the last time, how do you feel Silverquill statement feels? Is it Orzov or is it Silverquill? Uh I think it's a mixed both. To be honest, it's definitely got some new things that aren't necessarily Orzhov. Yeah, like the group hug and the one-one counter matters things. Yeah. It's a nice touch. Um, I do have to agree. It's definitely different, but it does still have some of that um, orzhov feel. But it's not extorting as much. So I do feel like it's definitely still different, unlike like the Prismari. 
and like maybe yeah i think this one's a little bit more unique than those two oh it's definitely unique (laughs) Um, all right on to the final so we're on to kayla's favorite and i find (laughs) favorably awesome so, since you're so excited, I'll let you start it off. Well, you know that I'm going to talk about the commander. Um, <laughs> we got Willow Dusk Essence here, and it's a one colorless, one black, one green, 3-3 three, three legendary Dryad Druid. Pay one, tap, choose another target creature, put a plus, bleh, nope. Put a number of plus one plus one counters on it equal to the amount of life you gained this turn or the amount of life you lost this turn, whichever is greater. Activate only as a sorcery. Flavorfully, that's awesome. (coughs) Yeah, the only drawback, obviously, is it's at sorcery speed. So you'd have to lose life obviously on your turn which is a little less common yeah well not necessarily because like you have pay life effects and stuff yeah that's very true uh that's i can't think of anything off the top of my head like the thing i can think of is like if you think about like a massive life loss what if like someone like Soren Markov's you. But um, mm-hmm. you do it on your turn and you target yourself because I think it's target player. So life total becomes 10. So if you're like 60 life, make your life total 10, you can put 50 1-1 counters on a single oh. creature. God. But I don't think you're going to be doing that if you have Soren out. Yeah. I think it's cool, though, because, like, you could have just, like, several of those, like, upkeep gain-of-life effects, and Mm -hmm. it could really stack up really quickly, especially with some of the cards they have in here. Was that your number one as well? Um, I actually, um... I don't think I like Willow Dusk that much. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> I I like Genome, the Master Chef. <clears throat> yeah, he was on my list too. <laughs> Two colorless, a black and a green, legendary creature, troll warlock, trample, and at the beginning of your end step, create a number of food tokens equal to the number of non-token creatures you had entered the battlefield under your control this turn. Pay one, sacrifice a food. Target creature gains indestructible until end of turn and tap it. It's so good. It's food tribal. Yep. Soaps on! <laughs> like, flavorfully, it's so... I don't know. It's hilarious. 
Yeah. I think it's great. It's also a really good add-on to put into, like, Corvold decks. Oh god, yeah. So that way you can just have tons of food tokens, and then you yeah, can also give, give him Indestructible. Yep, give him Indestructible. It's nasty. <laughs> Alright. So well, I guess I should was... share another one since... Yeah, that, that was, was my number one, two. Huh? <laughs> yep. This one, I saw you pulled in a collector pack, and I kind of want to trade you for it. Who? Which is um, Marshland Bloodcaster. Four colorless, yeah. a black creature vampire warlock, flying 3-5. Activated ability. One colorless, one black. Tap it. Rather than pay the cost of the next spell you would cast this turn, you may pay life equal to that spell's mana value. Ugh. So it's a creature with Bolas Citadel? Yeah. I guess you get to cast it, though. Well, no, Bolas Citadel is, isn't a cast. It's just put into the battlefield, right? No, it's cast as well. Okay. It's the exact same thing, except um, you don't have to do two black... M not two. Uh, um, you don't have to add the initial two mana. And it's only activated yeah. once. So it's a little more costly, but it's like it's got a lot of options. I feel. It's a little bit more costly in that tap effect, so you can only really do it once. And it's mm -hmm. only the next spell. So that yeah. spell you cast afterwards, you don't pay life for. That's pretty good, especially paired with the commander. Yeah. It's also really good for, uh, I don't know, paying 15 life and casting um, some sort of, I don't know, world spine worm. Uh, insert any number of Eldrazi, Lightsteel, <laughs> Glossus. Nope. And you assume with this kind of card in the deck, you're gaining life. So this isn't even going to be hindering you very much. No, not really. Was this on your list as well? Um, It actually wasn't. Oh. Interesting. I got one. <laughs> so what's so, your number two? I mean number three. Since yeah, genome. <laughs> was, yeah, that was shared. So number three, I had Tavash Bloom Summoner. And he's a four colorless, one black, four four human warlock. Legendary as well. Um... Got lifelink at the beginning of your end step. If you gained life this turn, you may pay X life, where X is the amount of life you gain this turn. If you do, create an XX black demon creature with token with flying. So, I love this card. The drawback is that you don't necessarily gain that life that you did gain. But it gives you options, like if you're sitting at 
you know, a ridiculous life total. Rather than just keep gaining that life, you can get some sort of creature base going. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really sad this wasn't in a white deck. <laughs> what, like uh, Silver Quill? Yeah. But I mean, that's fine. <laughs> it needs to that's be in this that deck. Needs. <laughs> but uh, I just want you to imagine if you threw like a Beacon of Immortality with this, mm. double your life total, then Gross. pay half your life total, and you get this oh gigantic god. black demon. Dear god. <laughs> Yeah, that puts a target on you real quick. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you have for number three? Um, I'm going to make a notable shout-out to a reprint Ooh. of Verdant Sun's Avatar. Five colorless, green-green, dinosaur avatar. It's a 5-5. Five -five. Whenever Verdant Sun's avatar or another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you gain life equal to that creature's toughness. Oof. So, it... with Tavash, you don't even lose the life. Yeah, because <laughs> when the creature enters the demon, just get that back. Yeah, I thought that was a cool reprint uh, from uh, Loxon. Yeah. I don't think the card's, like, terribly expensive anyway, but it's a really nice card. Especially yep, if you have solid. a ton of creatures in the deck, you're just going to be gaining a ton of life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, imagine pairing that with Pest, like, token generator. Oh, yeah. So much life gain. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're on to your number four. Uh, yep. So number four, I had Vain Witch Coven. Two colorless, one black, three three menace. Whenever you gain life, you may pay. One black. If you do, return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. Uh, I thought this went great because this deck, you're always gaining life one way or another. Wow. And creature it's return. It's raised dead on a creature. Yep. <laughs> that is powerful. It's a repeatable offense. Speaking that, um, it's whenever you gain life. So you could reenact this several times. Yeah. For each instant. As long as That's you have massive. the mana open. Yep. And generally, if you're playing black-green, you got a lot of mana at your disposal. <laughs> it's true. Ooh. What you got? I think... I'm going to have to go with a uh, one of the newer cards called Trudge Garden. Two colorless, a green, enchantment. Whenever you gain life, you may pay two colorless, 
If you do, create a 4-4 green fungus beast creature token with trample. Yeah, that card is on my list, too. <laughs> wow. That's all I gotta say to that. <laughs> this card's so good. Like, all you need is one upkeep trigger that just passively gives you one life. And then you just pay two mana and get a 4-4 four, four with Trample. Yep. The mana you're spending there is huge. Mm -hmm. Like, you're making an army for almost nothing. Yep. And you said this was on your list, too, wasn't it? Yeah, so was this your fourth card? Uh, I think this is my fifth. Okay. Actually, it would be your fifth, and then it, that was my fourth. Yeah. I think Sorry. I'm going to hit a reprint for the next one, though. For your number five? Yeah. Um, which is a Druidic Satchel. Great it's card. three colorless artifact. Was this on your list? No, actually. Uh, two colorless. Tap it. Reveal the top card of your library. If it's a creature card, create a 1-1 one, one green sapperling creature token. If it's a land card, put that card onto the battlefield under your control. And if it's a non-creature, non-land card, you gain two life. So it's kind of like a uh, like a game show card. <laughs> Am I a winner? This card says yes. You're <laughs> always a winner. Yeah, what's your prize this time? Yep. <laughs> it's like um, when you get those like breakfast cereals and they always had a prize in there. <laughs> like you didn't care what the prize was. Or like Cracker yep. Jacks, I think, is more iconic for that as they always had like some sort of sticker in there that was really sweet. Yeah. It's kind of like that. You're just like opening like a little box of Cracker Jacks and you're like, ooh, which sticker did I get? <laughs> ooh, piece of candy. <laughs> now about you, what's your next one? Uh, That was five, right? Yeah, so you're for on you. six. Damn, we're flying through this one. <laughs> well, they have really good cards. <laughs> yep. So, for number six, I had Eudora Grave Gardener. Four and one green, five, five, legendary tree folk druid. Whenever another non token creature you control dies, you may return it to the battlefield. Face down under its owner's control. It's a forest land. Forest land? <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a strange way to put it. Interesting for a landfall deck. Yeah. And it's All got your the tree... creatures. <laughs> yeah. It's got that tree folk druid creature type too. Which a lot of synergy can happen there. Yeah. And I like that it's a May ability. 
you don't have to. That's true. You know, I was just thinking about his hidden synergy here. What's that? It's not in the color scheme. But if you put Eudora in some sort of flicker attack, like flicker deck. um, How would that work? I will have to think about it. Because I'm not sure if there's a way to flicker lands. I think there's a way to flicker permanence. And I think that's how you would have to do it. And then you could flicker mm. your creatures back into play without them being lands anymore. Because they are face uh, down. Yeah. It's kind of like that same way when you uh, face down morph creatures and you flicker them. Um, when they go into exile, um, they're no longer face down because they're not exiled face down. So they flip up without okay. activating a flip up. That's interesting. That's kind of how that works. I um play like a manifest deck that kind of cheats big things out. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of... I figured out that ruling after they made the changes to um, morph in a concert truck here. Because they had um to explain how a cloud shift a morph would work. And that's kind of how it works, is it Unless it's exiled face down, it does not remain face down when it goes into exile. So it returns face up, but doesn't activate any of the uh, face ups abilities. So you don't get like a morph effect. That's kind of broken. Yeah, it's very exploitable, but it's really hard to do. But Eudora kind of gives that vibe that you could do that with it. And since they're lands, um, it's really hard for people to remove them because land destruction, mass land destruction is not generally seen in most playgroups <laughs> because it's yeah. very frowned upon. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, since it's face down, unless your opponent can look at your face downs, um, Unless they're doing last land destruction. If they're trying to do target land destruction, um, it'd be a guessing game for them. Yeah. I think that would be a fun one to build. Alright. So this is my number six then? Yep. So... This is an interesting green card. It's actually from Strixhaven, and not the commander-specific. So you can Mm. get this in the main set as well. I just thought this card was neat. It's like an angel we know. It's called Honor Troll. Two colorless, a green, creature troll druid. Two, three, vigilance. If you would gain life, you gain that much life plus one instead. An honor troll gets plus two, plus one, as long as you have 25 or more life. Oh, going for an uncommon card here. Oh, yes. So if you play this in Commander on turn three, um, 
It's a 4-4. Four, 4-3 four. Four, yeah. man with vigilance. Yuck. <laughs> because you start out at 40 life in Commander, for those of you who don't know. So, it's big, and it's a huge plane to see something yeah. this big with its Especially that early on. Oh, yeah. It's so, yeah. something not to ignore. You have a solid attacker and blocker with the Vigilance. Yeah. And it also lets you gain more, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. What about you? What's your next one? Which is, uh, I believe, your uh... six. So, actually... We got seven now. <laughs> oh. Was that on your list? Nope. But with that Master Chef card. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Number seven. I had Pest Infestation. Which is a sorcery. And it's a double X cost. One green, destroy up to X target artifacts um, and or enchantments. Create twice X 1-1 one, one black and green pest creature tokens with when this creature dies, you gain one life. Wow. <laughs> Mass removal? Yeah, removal. And token and... creature. Creator. Yep. Token, token generator. I think it's a little expensive, but it's good. Yeah, the double X is a little expensive, but I like the option of artifact and or enchantment. So options. It's like any number of either. Yep. And then you get little grubs. <laughs> Or as my wife calls them, pets. <laughs> oh, they are pets. <laughs> What'd you have so, for seven? So, for number seven, I think I'll have to go with that uh, essence pulse. Sorcery, um, three colors, one black. You gain two life. Each creature gets minus X, minus X until end of turn. X is the amount of life you've gained this turn. That's a lot of damage. Yeah, that's killing a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And if, um, I don't know if you've somehow found a way to gain your life total, you pretty much killed everything in play. Yep. <laughs> so. I thought that card was pretty cool. It's a, th it, it's a four drop, basically board wipe. That also mm -hmm. gives you life. Hmm. I wonder if there's a life gain theme here. <laughs> Just a little. 
So how about you? What's uh, number eight? Yep, number eight. Let's see. I had Blight Mound, which is an enchantment. Two colorless, one black. Attacking pests you control get plus one, plus zero, and have menace. Whenever a non-token creature you control dies, create a one, one black and green pest creature token with when this creature dies, you gain one life. Wow. That's really good. Yeah, just thinking about how many pests you can make and then giving them menace, that sounds annoying. <laughs> sounds like a big board swing. Yeah. Like, that could be lethal very quickly. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, if one of your other creatures dies, it's like, well, at least you get stuff from it. Yeah. It's very true. You get, like, good old creatures. Mm-hmm. Notably, this is a very good synergy for, um, like, Silver Smoke Ghoul that they put in the deck. Two colorless, one black. Zombie vampire, three one. It's a reprint oh, yeah. from one of the most recent core sets. That if you gain three or more life on your end step, if this is in your graveyard, return it to the battlefield. And it's two. It's um one colorless, one black. Sacrifice it, draw a card. So this thing just keeps come coming back. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty neat. Yeah. What'd you have? Um I think I'll have to go with the um a reprint that they did, another one of All Armonorates Archive. I probably butchered yep. that oh. name again. <laughs> that was on my list too. That reprint was so needed. That card is getting expensive. It's a great card. Five colorless artifact, legendary artifact. If you would gain life, you gain twice as much. If you would draw a card, except for the first one you draw each turn, um, you draw two instead. So ignoring your draw face, but like if you draw in another instance, you draw double whatever that is. That's just powerful. Mm-hmm. So and that can just go in any deck really. <laughs> Yeah. Extra draw power, extra life gain. Pretty much goes into any deck. Yep. You don't even need the life gain. The extra draw power is just so powerful. Being able to draw answers can really change the game. Mm-hmm. So you put that one on your list, too? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
Well, I have one more. You have, like, one last one? Yeah. Yeah, me too. <laughs> okay, what's yours? What if they're the same? That's the point. <laughs> uh, I don't know if they will be, actually. I had Venster's journal. They're not the so, same. <laughs> yay! So, it's an artifact. Five cost. You have no maximum hand size at the beginning of your upkeep. You gain one life for each card in your hand. Wow. See, that's the upkeep life gain stuff I was talking about. Yeah. Pair that with Amrit's Archive, and you're set. Yep. That's and you don't combo. even need that in the deck. Like, you can put that in any deck. Exactly. What did you have as your last one? The last one? I thought it was a really neat green card. Called um, Ezroot Channeler. Five See, colorless. that was on my list earlier, but I switched oh, was it, it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a creature tree folk druid. 4-6. It has reach, which means it can block flying. Um, creature spells you can you cast cost X less to cast. Where X is the amount of life you gain this turn. Tap it. You gain two life. Hmm. I wonder if there's a way to exploit this. <laughs> oh, wait. I do know. Oh? And it would be in a color you would not expect. And it's with a newer card, too. That's got a reprint. Can you guess the color? Um, a color I wouldn't expect. I'm gonna go red. <laughs> You're correct. Whoa! <laughs> so, I don't know if you remember the card grinning Ingness. I don't. So, it's two colors and one red. It's an elemental shaman, I believe. It's a 2-3, I think. That doesn't matter. It's its ability. That's the big thing. So. It has. Pay one red. Return. Greeny Ignis. To your hand. And add. Two colors and one red. Ooh. To your mana pool. <laughs> That's a lot of mana. So, if you could figure out how to funnel the colors into red, there are ways. Um, you basically could have an infinite storm count and EBTs. With Ezra Chandler and Grinning Ignis. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Granted, um, if you don't have a lot of red mana, you can't do it very much. But there's like, yeah, there's a bunch of artifacts out there that funnel. Um, you pay. They're like, uh, pay two, add one mana of any color to your mana pool, and since you're basically getting two colorless every time you're casting Grinning Ignis because it only costs one red and one red to return it and you make a red and a double colorless so Mm -hmm. you just need one of those funnelers and you have an unlimited EBT and cast triggers (laughs) in red green which I thought was kind of crazy yeah. I think that card's okay. really powerful. Yeah, there's a lot of options that you could have with it. Indeed. Is there any um card you want to showcase since this is um the deck you will be playing? Um Let's see. I did also like Sprout Back Trudge. Um, seven colorless, two green for a nine-seven fungus beast with trample. It costs X less, where X is the amount of life you gained this turn. At the beginning of your end step, if you gained life this turn, you may cast it from your graveyard. So it's something that pretty much always sticks around unless you're going to exile a graveyard. Watching um, you, Silver Quill. Yeah, really. But 9-7 with Trample, that's uh, pretty nice. <laughs> it's really good. And it's hard to get rid of. Yeah. So, how do you feel about Weatherbloom? Does it feel Golgari? Um, yeah. Weatherbloom. I think it's Golgari. Um, it's a little less sacrificey though than Golgari. Yeah, um, I feel like it's taken in a new direction. The life gain, yeah. life loss. It's not really a big thing in those colors. Yeah, that's more of a that's more of an Orzhov thing. Yeah. Like I guess we have to lard Gagari Lich Lord. Or yeah. he has like an activated ability of I think it's one close, one black, one green. Sacrifice a creature, and then each player loses life because of that sacrifice power. Mm-hmm. I think that's like the drain effect is still kind of there from that, but this isn't as graveyard heavy as like traditional Galgari. It's not like you're dredging. Yeah, like I don't really see many self metal cards in here, if any at all. It's yeah, more I controlled. I don't know sacrifice, if there is. Mm-hmm. Which is not traditional Golgari. Because they're more like, let's just throw everything in the yard. 
You know, now I'm thinking about it. The Silver Quill deck is um, more of a Golgari deck. So Wither yeah, Bloom and uh, Silver Quill <laughs> is having a uh, identity crisis. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. Still out of all these decks, which one do you think is going to come out on top when we play these? Um, I don't know. After talking about it today, I really think Silver Quill is going to be an issue. You do? Yeah. Yeah, I could see it being a problem. I think... Um, I think the um, the Quandrix deck could potentially come out of nowhere and win. I think they're the one I'm kind of worried about. The one I'm more irritated at is Silver Coat because of the graveyard hate. Because I'm playing out of my graveyard. And that's a yeah. bad thing. <laughs> that's like a perfect counter to me. So, and that, um, we will be doing that game on the 8th, recording-wise. I don't know when we'll update, upload it, but we'll talk about the post-game. We'll have a um, big old spoiler sticker on it. (laughs) Of, uh, we won't post our, um our recording of um, our post feelings about it until we post the video. Yeah. So people uh, can go view it. But as far as the decks are, I think these are all pretty unique, though. Except yeah. for, like, Prismar. <laughs> You're an yes. deck. You can't yes. fool me. They all seem pretty fun, honestly. Yeah. Even Prismari. Yeah. (laughs) I just don't like that it's a, um, it's very supported Storm. Mm -hmm. I don't like that. (laughs) Storm's already really powerful. We didn't need a deck that supported that. (laughs) I do appreciate that they're, uh, Elementalist Bards, though. I think that is cool. Yeah. I just kind of wish they... um, You know what would have been kind of cool? If they, like, maybe brought a mechanic from um, Call Time for the Prismari. Could you imagine if they, like, had runes instead of, like, being instant sorcery? driven mm. like to create runes instead of the four the four four red blue elementals yeah I think that would have been cool then, uh, yeah that would have been interesting we could have had like a a red blue enchantment theme which is theme mm-hmm. so Maybe that's something we'll see in the future. (laughs) So I hope you guys enjoyed a little segment today. 
I think we went through it pretty quickly. Yeah, quicker than um, I expected. But we had a lot of duplicates on our list. Yeah. And I feel like um, the last two were definitely uh, pretty uh, straightforward. The reprints were solid. The cards were very solid. There wasn't like some cards that were just like, eh. I mean, there was that um, that Shadow Broker one, Cunning Duelist or whatever. Yeah. The King <laughs> Duelist. Mm-hmm. But like, there wasn't like a bunch of like, oh, this was good until you read that last line. Like there was in the Quadrix deck. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of cards in there that could have been really cool, but then they added a line that made it just not there. Yeah. And I think Warhold was really solid. Because I think that was another one we just kind of, like, rolled with really well. I just think... Mm-hmm that the two blue decks didn't give very much love, and I think that's good. Yeah. Blue needs to chill for a bit. Yeah, it's been um, it's been getting a lot of love. And so is green. But the weather blue deck doesn't, didn't create, like, game-breaking Mm-hmm. Not like like some of the other times it's been around. Yeah. So I think that should wrap it up for part two of Strict Saving Commander Sauce. Anything else you'd like to add, Kayla? Um, I'm excited to get to play the decks soon. <laughs> yeah, it should be fun. Yeah. And I think we will do one more episode before our game just to keep up on things. Uh, this past weekend was a little hectic for me. Uh, I had a lot of things going on. Uh, we had to go see some movies that were limited time showing. I got <laughs> sick, too. It was just a blunder. Sorry about the delay. So, Yeah. I know what our next video is going to be. I guess I should um, tell Kayla to start getting ready for it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> we're all going blind. <laughs> we're all going blind. We stare into the oh, sun. No. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so, the next recording is going to be our top 10 Strixhaven main set cards. Oh. We're going to pick two mythics, two rares, two uncommons, two commons, and then two other cards that just stood out that need to be mentioned. How's that sound? Sounds good to me. Alright. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. We'll see what you put on there. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And without ado, this is Made in EDH. And I'm Chris. I'm Kayla.
And we're signing off. Bye. Bye. Have a good rest of your afternoon.